Therefore I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. This is Jonathan Smith, and welcome to the In His Grip radio broadcast. Join me for the next few minutes for old-fashioned singing and preaching. When you think you're about to lose grip on faith and life, remember this, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Good afternoon, listeners. Before we get into the message this afternoon, I pray that this song will be a blessing to you. The title is, I Was Carried to the Table. Wounded and forsaken, I was shattered by the fall. Broken and forgotten, feeling lost and all alone. Summoned by the King into the Master's court. Lifted by the Savior and cradled in His arms. I was carried to
was carried to the table, the table of the Amen. How many of you can say you're thankful for the day that you was carried to the table? We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter number 1 this afternoon. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. I'm going to read verses 18 and 19, and we'll get right into the thought that the Lord has laid upon my heart for today's broadcast. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. And that last verse is where my main thought is going to come out, where it says, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. We need to realize that as Christians that it is not smooth sailing all the time. There are things that are going to come into our life that is going to challenge us to our core. It's going to make us shake in our boots, if you will. But we know that because the things that we face, it's not because the world has anything against us personally. It's because the devil has raised an all-out attack against God himself, and that because we are followers of Christ, we will also suffer persecutions. So I just want to remind you this afternoon that as Christians, there will be times where there will be smooth sailing, but at other times it's going to be storms. All the things God promised is not easy, but he did sell us this, I will be with you all the way. Some people have shipwrecked in their faith because times were not easy. I've never met anybody that made shipwreck of their lives when things were going smooth, but it's always in the hard times where you find people making shipwreck of their faith. It was not easy for Timothy to serve God in this pagan time in, in Ephesus, but he was under a direct charge from his mentor, the Apostle Paul. In verse 18, we find the word charge. We understand that this is a military word, and that word is a command from a superior officer for those that are beneath him. We know that an order is not an option. So we see the Apostle Paul, he says, I charge thee, you know, Timothy. And then we find in verse 19, two words that says holding faith. And that is similar to the nautical term that the Navy uses. That is hold fast. And you say, what exactly does that mean? That means to bear down. That means to stay the course. And I want to challenge you just this afternoon that as Christians, as child of God, you ought to just take the charge that God has given us in his word, and we ought to hold fast concerning our faith. That means we need to bear down. We need to stay the course. And Timothy, he was challenged to keep on, to keep it on in what he was taught, no matter what might come his way. So just for a few moments this afternoon, I'd like to preach to you with this thought in mind, shipwrecked. 
And again, we understand that it is not smooth sailing all the time. They are times it's going to get hard. But what causes people to make shipwreck of their faith? What is it that would cause them to make shipwreck of their lives? We find that there's a few reasons, and we'll look at just a couple of them this afternoon. But first of all, we see that poor memory causes shipwreck. People, number one, will forget God's blessings. Second Peter uh, chapter number three, verse number one says, this epistle, uh, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. You know, the apostle Paul, he is charging Timothy to, to hold fast in the faith. And I believe that uh, the, the number one reason is poor memory that causes shipwrecks because we as children of God are, are habitual. We always forget get the blessings of God. We get tunnel vision. We get so focused on what's going on around us that we forget all the things that, that God has done in the past. So we see here in 2 Peter that it, it is charging you that he was said, I need to stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. You know, sometimes God will put people in our lives just to stir us up and remind us of things that God has done. And if we were to go back and try to count the blessings that God has given us, we will find out that we don't have a number that big. And when we get to looking at the problems in our life, we, we seem like we're overwhelmed, that we, we everything's just going wrong, and, and the storms are just too big. They're more than we can handle. But if we would just go back and start remembering the blessings of God, we would find that we wouldn't be focused as much on the storm. The second thing is that per, people forget where they come from. Ephesians chapter number 1 and verses 1 through 3, it says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He breaks it down here and he, he always starts with his traditional greeting that grace be unto you and peace from God our Father. But the phrase I'd like to look at where it says, who hath blessed us, and we just talked about remembering God's blessings. And then he says, and with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. If you are a child of God and you have asked God to come into your heart, then we know that God has placed us already in heavenly places. That means that we weren't always there. That means that there's that our souls and our destiny was doomed for hell. And we forget a lot of times where we come from. And most of us don't have the testimony of being a, a drug addict or an alcoholic or something Somebody that just was completely out, as we would call it, far out in the world. Some of us were born and raised in church, just like I was. But nevertheless, we had to come from somewhere to get to where we are now. And when we start pondering on where we were and where we are, you, that should be enough to give you a shouting fit. As a brother said at the church the other night, this is the quietest place that we're ever going to be in. And we sometimes are so ungrateful and we don't worship in church because we're just so focused on what is going on right now. We forget God's blessings. We forget where we come from, and just realize this. Hey, all, God 
God is the only one that could have saved you. you. You could have gone to hell, but now you're going to heaven. You have a mansion waiting on you, and there's nothing but better things ahead for you. So it's time to pay attention to what God has done as far as blessings and try to remember where God has brought you from. And remember this, people are lost forever for those that forget God. Now I'm talking about those that, you know, you might have forgot blessings and you might have forgot where you come from, but there are those that had just completely for, forgotten God because Psalm 917 says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. I'm afraid for our nation this afternoon. Our country's headed to a direction and I'm not sure that an election is going to fix it. Uh, I, I, I think we're going to be doomed if the Democrats do become uh, in charge of the United States of America, but our hope is not in Trump this morning, even though that I'm personally going to vote for him, but our hope is not in him this morning, because if we leave everything in the hands of man, we are bound for shipwreck. We should put our focus on the blessings of God. We should put our focus on where we come from and remember that we are eternally saved. And for the child of God, there is eternal hope for us in the future. So not only does poor memory cause shipwreck, but second of all, I like to look at this afternoon is that carelessness causes shipwreck. And this is where I'm going to spend most of the time of the message this afternoon is carelessness that causes shipwreck. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verses 1 through 4 states this, says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are ye yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? This is some serious and some very uh, uh, deep statements that is made here in 1 Corinthians, and carelessness will cause shipwreck because we have lost sight of the Spirit filled life. In verse number one right there in 1 Corinthians chapter number three, he states that they are carnal minded. I'm afraid that when we look at carelessness that causes shipwreck, it's because people have went away from the spirit filled life. They have done left Canaan. They wanted to wander back out towards Egypt and go back to the world because their minds are carnal. I've never met somebody that was full of the spirit that had their ship steered to a course where it was going to cause shipwreck. You always have to take your eyes off of the Heavenly Father. You have to take your eyes off of the finish line. You have to look to the right. You have to look to the left. And God forbid that you have to look behind. But being carnally minded is a careless thing that you can do in a Christian life because it'll cause you to be bound for shipwreck. Second of all, we see in verse number two here that he said that he said you're drinking milk and you're not eating meat. 
feed. He says, I can't even feed you meat because you're so childish. You are so immature that we've got to go back to the bottle. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of people that are sitting uh, in, in your in your houses, your homes, or wherever you're at listening to this broadcast that there was a time in your life that you were eating the nice steaks of the Word of God. You can handle the meat. You can handle the big things of God. But now you've you've been careless you've got carnal in your life and the spirit no longer controls you it no longer guides you and you find yourself to where you might as well just grab a passy and put it in your mouth and suck on it and because you have just become a babe in christ you've become immature you walk around with a chip on your shoulder daring somebody to knock it off and that is not what god designed for the christian life what i'm telling you is this is that if you remain in that condition if you remain in that state i can assure you one thing, you will be headed straight for shipwreck. So we see that the carelessness of shipwreck is losing sight of the spiritual life because you're carnally minded and you're drinking milk. You're, you're not willing to eat the, the meat that God has set before you. And then we find some, some uh, uh, I guess you can say some symptoms, if you will, of this carnality. You find envying. You will find strife. You will find division. And any time that you find any of these traits in somebody's life, you can rest assured this, they are not holding fast. They're not uh, uh, buckling the hatches down. They're, they're not hanging on until the things get better. They are headed straight for shipwreck. And then we find at the end there where he says that some said, hey, I'm of a Paul. And the other one says, hey, I'm of, of a Paulus. He says, that's carnal. This is where we come to uh, the carelessness of worshiping man instead of God. We live in a time now where people uh, will, will worship the ground that a, a preacher walks on. And I'm all for respecting the man of God. I'm all for giving honor where honor is due. But I am not here to worship man. <clears throat> I am here to worship God. It is God that saved my soul from hell. It is God that gives me the peace that passes understanding. It is God that gives me the blessings, and God uses men to give me those blessings at times, but I am to worship God and not worship man. We live in a time where, where people just say, well, you've got to go hear this guy. That's where it's at. He can bring the package, if you will. He can bring the revival. God help us that we have come to a place to where we think that man has got the answers to everything. And God does use man. God has used man. God will continue to use man. But it should not be that we're saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a Paul and I'm a, of Apollos. Hey, we're not in a competition. We are fellow soldiers. I'm a preacher, and I'm sure a lot of preachers will probably not appreciate me saying this, but hey, this ain't a competition, folks. I'm not trying to outdo somebody else. I'm not trying to be better than somebody else. We should be working together. Now, I understand that if you go against the Word of God, you should be called out on it. You should take a stand for what's true. But as long as somebody's not going against the Bible, that they are following God, they're following God's Word, and they're trying to serve God to the best of their ability, it doesn't matter if their face is on a poster or if nobody knows them from Adam's house cat. We should be supporting each other. We should be working together and not turning this thing into a competition because that kind of 
carelessness will cause shipwreck. So not only losing sight of the spiritual life is the careless part of causing shipwreck, but second of all, we see that we've lost sight of our destination. James chapter number 2 and verse number 5 says, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he had promised to them that love him? And I would like to point out that phrase, heirs of the kingdom which he had promised to them that loved him. We lose sight of where we're going. Many of us, we would love for our lives to be like the prayer of Jabez, where he just asked for a whole bunch of things and he got every bit of it. But I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Most Christians are going to go through suffering. Uh, Christian life is not a bed of roses, even though at times they are the mountaintops. But we're going to have to go through some valleys. But all through that, we need to realize that this is not our final destination. We are headed to a kingdom. We are headed to a land where the milk and honey flows. We are heading to a land that there will be no more sickness. There will be no more pain. And we're going to head to a place that one day God is going to wipe away all the tears from our eyes. I don't know about you, but 2020 has challenged me personally to my core. It is definitely a year for the record books. But I'm here to tell you that despite all the heartache, despite all the pain, despite all the tears, we are going to a place where we're going to leave all of this behind us. But if we're not careful, we will allow these things to cause us to lose sight of the spiritual life. We will allow these things to help uh, that'll cause us to lose sight of our destination and we will make shipwreck out of our lives last of all or third in this point here i like to say that we will lose sight of who we are um, titus 2 14 says this who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. 1 Peter 2 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Yeah, sounds familiar, don't it, from the other verse. And then it says that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have lost sight of who we are. There's a lot of preachers, and I could put names with them, but that's not the point. But there are a lot of people that are trying to uh, uh, be more effective, if you will, in the world that we live in. They want to drop standards. They want to change the things the way it's always been. And I know sometimes we get like a stick in the mud, and we get caught up in tradition, and there's no Bible for it. And that's not what I'm preaching about this afternoon, but what I'm talking about is... Um, We need to hold fast on the foundational principles of what makes us a child of God. And that is that we ought to be a peculiar people that are zealous of good works. Now, I understand the preacher preached the other night at church that, hey, works don't save you, but because you're saved, you should have good works. And we ought to realize, hey, we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. You don't hear people preaching about that anymore because that would totally blow their, 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 uh, their plans, if you 
you will, to try to reinvent the independent Baptists. They, they're like, well, we don't have to do this anymore. We don't have to dress that way anymore. Hey, it's okay to drink a little bit, and it's okay to, to participate in some things of the world, and, and, and they would just kind of want to play with the world. Hey, I'll go ahead and tell you what's going to happen, Hoss. They're going to end up with that ship headed straight towards a rock, and they're going to make shipwreck of their lives because they have lost sight of who they are. They are a royal priesthood. That means they are set apart. He goes on and says, you ought to be a holy nation. And, and, and anything that is repeated more than once in the word of God, you should pay attention to. Not, not one place, but two places we looked at this afternoon says a peculiar people that we should show, show forth praises of him who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. But I'm afraid there's just a lot of people, they've got used to the dark, they like being in the dark, and anytime you shed light on them, they squint their eyes and they panic and they freak and they want to run away. I'm here to tell you this afternoon, if you don't hang around the light, if the love of the love, love of the Father is not in you, you can't love the world and love the Father. You got to make up your mind if you're going to serve God or if you're going to serve the world, because if you lose sight of who you are, you are headed for shipwreck. And then we see that not only lose sight of the spirit-filled life, but lose sight of your destination and losing sight of who you are, but you can lose sight of the Word of God. Our compassion for the Bible is not what it used to be. You remember when you got saved, you loved the Word of God. You couldn't get enough of the, the Word of God. That compassion has come to be displacement of the Bible. We find this in our homes. We find this in our churches, that the Bible is pulled out three times a week for those that actually do go to church three times a week, and that's the only time that you look into your Bible. We do not love the Bible like we used to. The pattern of the Bible no longer matters. God has a preordained pattern how a Christian should live. We find various examples of what we should do, what we should not do, but we don't love the Bible like we used to. We also see that the influence of the Bible through our lives has went down the drain. Do you realize that your life might be the only Bible that people read? They might not ever pick up a King James Bible, but your life is the very Bible that they are reading with their eyes and with their mind. Last of all, unbelief will cause shipwreck. Not only poor memory, not only carelessness, but unbelief will cause shipwreck in your life. Hey, let me tell you this. If it used to be sin, guess what? It's still sin. Hey, if sinners used to go to hell, guess what? They still do go to hell. Hey, if Jesus died for the whole world, he died for all sinners. I'm here to tell you this afternoon, there's not one Calvinist bone in my body. Jesus died for the entire world, and it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm here to tell you that if God is dealing with your heart and, and, and you know that you are bound for a place called hell, that is the ultimate shipwreck. You cannot return from that shipwreck. There is no saving from that shipwreck. Once you close your eyes on this side of life and you open your eyes in an eternal place in the lake of fire, there is no redemption. We see that in the Bible they are the examples of uh, uh, of what hell is like. And we have an example of somebody that lifted their eyes in hell in torment. And he begged for 
for, for God to make a way to where his family would not come to that place where he was. I'm here to tell you that the most awful shipwreck you can make of your life is the eternal shipwreck. But I'm here to tell you that there is an almighty uh, God. There is somebody that can be called your heavenly father. All you have to do is open your heart to him. You have to repent of your sins. You have to realize that you're lost. And you got to realize that it is only the blood of Jesus Christ that can take you to that place called heaven. Then you can call him your heavenly father. And then you will have an eternal place in heaven. But if you do shipwreck and you are a child of God... Jesus is beside you, and Jesus can help you. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Again, we're talking about shipwreck this afternoon. If you are a child of God, and you are headed toward shipwreck, now's the time to change course before it's too late. We have now come to the end of our time today. I hope and pray that today's broadcast was a help and blessing to you. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at inhisgrip at inbox.com. Again, that is inhisgrip at inbox.com. But before I go, I just want to remind you one more time that you are in his grip. Isaiah 41 13 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Join us at the same time next week for more old-fashioned singing and preaching. I am Jonathan Smith, and thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to the In His Grip radio broadcast.